The name on the front is a hell of a lot more important than the one on the back. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Good Day for a Movie podcast. We are brought to you by GD4GD. So head on over to GD4GD.com and buy some dope gear because $10 of every sale gets donated to their nonprofit partner, which is currently No Barriers. No Barriers is an organization based on hope, optimism, and resiliency for the future. Their framework teaches step-by-step how to break through your own challenges and live a driven, purposeful life, despite the barriers, both big and small, that each of us face. We can learn how to push past them, reconnect with our purpose, and unleash the best in ourselves and others. And also, if you go to that gd4gd.com in the store, we have hoodies. Go to the Instagram if you want to see them. They're dope. All our faces are on them, kind of. One of us has red red all over his eyes. But there's still the outline, so you, so you can kind of you can kind of tell what he looks like if you want to get a little mental picture in your head. <laughs> I don't have much hair. <laughs> Speaking of, alongside me, as always, I'm Jacob. I'm sorry. I'm just going completely out of order. <laughs> Everything's throwing me off. I'm Jacob. Alongside me, as always, our anonymous third co-host. What the shit did you just do? <laughs> I'm trying to pull, turn my volume. Which yeah, one is but two? Yeah, mine up to a shit time. Oh, my, my God. We're having two. so many technical Where's mine? difficulties. I can't hear a goddamn right thing. Here. Oh, my word. Is I everybody okay? There we go. <laughs> is everybody so okay? <laughs> We're going to start that over. <laughs> I'm Jacob, and alongside me, as always, our anonymous third co-host. I liked our blooper entry. Oh, we're, we're keeping it, but we're just starting over for, <laughs> okay, for yeah, good measure. Whatever. Keep going. Since you <laughs> talked first about how you have little hair. I don't. And we are also joined by Mr. Tatehoven. Oh, what's up? I knew that. I saw that one coming when you yeah. were. Yeah. Well, that's because I already did it. Yeah, I, I know. Now I'm on top yeah, of it. Yep. It's your pick. I am very pumped. Also, oh! I'm going to give a quick shout out tonight. Tonight is the best night. Jacob brought the beer. <laughs> All right, we've gotten all of the technical difficulties out of the way. Yeah, I don't know at it's what your point. Pick. I don't know how much you we're were, cutting out. But I, I don't either. <laughs> you were talking about... It's a great night. And why it's a great night is because Jacob brought some beer for the boys over here. Made us some cochinita tacos, which were Can you fucking hear my breathing? dank. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> what are Who you are doing? you tonight? What the hell is happening? <laughs> oh, you're the worst. <laughs> Anywho, the tacos are fucking amazing. The beer is perfect. I'm feeling good. And I'm going to propose propose something a little crazy. For the first time ever, I think we should take a team shot before this movie. No. I'm done. Boom. I don't do hard liquor. I Come don't on. either, but, you know, sometimes you got to do a celebratory do it for the shot. Podcast. I'll chug a whole beer. Oh, okay. That's fine. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's my proposal. Should are we, we going to do it before you, you do pick? That now or... No, because that's going to involve. I'm in a perfect situation with my mic, and you're going to get mad at me about moving in again. So no, let's do it. You just go get them. Yeah, I can do that. All right, <laughs> we're back. About to take the shots. Here's the beer open. We got some Maker's Mark over here, like some classy fucking boys. Yeah, shut up if you disagree. <laughs> Sponsor the podcast, Maker's Mark. Yep, and Miller Lite. Cheers. Cheers to you, boys. Oh, I was in my perfect mic position. <laughs> Ah. <laughs> yep. That's the good stuff. Did you just chug that? <clears throat> oh. <laughs> My God. Oh, yeah. That was actually pretty quick. I try. It, it was like I didn't have it in the fridge, so it wasn't super duper cold, so I was able to do it. I love it. Well, boom. That was exactly what we needed because this is going to be a awesome movie pick for you guys. I've been waiting to pick this one for a while. I've oh been boy. putting it off for a little bit. Oh, boy. And I'm ready. Hi, I mean, it's a Miyazaki movie. I'm so scared. Still not streaming. 
Marvel movie? It's two hours and 17 minutes. Definitely not a Marvel movie. It's a mystery thriller from 1997, and it is L.A. Confidential. Ooh. Have you guys seen it? I've never seen that, but I've heard it's insanely good. God, I I thought there might be one that you guys, this might be one that you guys have seen. But I, I got... Recommended to it by a friend, a our family friend. Our anonymous third co-host, favorite actor, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, in it. Kevin Spacey's in it. Um, really? Kevin Spacey, Russell Crowe, Guy Pierce. Wow, I'm, I, I can't believe you. I was making a joke. Also, it's got... I was saying really to he's in this movie, but... Yes. Yeah, Kevin Spacey's not my favorite. Yeah. Oh, really? Kevin Spacey shouldn't be anybody's favorite. Well, he's not my favorite as a person, obviously, but as an actor, he's pretty fucking he's good. He's a really no, he's very freaking good. good actor. Very yeah. good. Very yeah. good actor. Horrible, I mean, horrible person, probably. <laughs> probably. I mean, yeah, he fucked many, many little boys. Yeah. He was amazing in Usual Suspects. But he's really fucking good. He's a really <laughs> fucking good actor. Anywho. Um, Russell Crowe, Guy Pearce. We don't support Kim Russell Crowe? Yeah. What the fuck? Who is and it? Am I thinking of the wrong movie? Danny DeVito. Okay, I've definitely not seen. That's this what I'm most. I don't excited think I've ever about. heard this movie. Then, yeah. So I, I got recommended it to or recommended um, by a family friend when I said that we were doing this podcast. He was like, "Oh my gosh, have you ever seen this movie?" And I was like, "No, I've never even heard of it." And he's like, "This is one of my favorite movies of all time." Um, oh, hot damn! Who was that? <laughs> She's in this. Sandra Taylor. Hell yeah! Um, so it's a mystery thriller crime drama. Um, I assume Kevin Spacey's the lead. It's this. Here's the synopsis. Three detectives in the corrupt and brutal L.A. police force of the 1950s use... Oh, well. As corruption grows in 1950s Los Angeles, three policemen, one straight-laced, one brutal, and one sleazy, investigate a series of murders with their own brand of justice. I don't know what... That's better than this one. Yeah, what What summaries do you look at? There's a typo on this one, I think. (laughs) Good Lord. Anywho. (laughs) I don't know anything about... I haven't seen any... Trailers. I don't know anything else about it other it's than it's highly regarded, though. Yeah, I I've I I think I'm mixing it up with um, what's the gangster movie? Goodfellas. No, no, no. Like um, American X. I don't know. <sighs> I'll Google it, but I think I'm mixing it up with that one. But I still have not seen LA Confidential. But I've also heard of LA. Yeah, this is the one I was going to pick last time, um, but I made a little switcheroo. Yeah, you should have picked this last time. Yeah. Um. So, wait, was your last movie? Shia LaBeouf? No. Tax Collector? There's one after Rose Island. Captain Fantastic. Uh, that was mine. That's right. Shitty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, you're on a bad street. Yeah, so I need, to, I need to pick up my game, get a good old, just guaranteed good film. So it's streaming, Amazon Prime, which is a bummer, but... So not streaming. Streaming for rent on Amazon Prime. <laughs> It is on stars if you have stars, but nobody in the world has stars. So I suppose we'll see you on the other side. They were three cops who had nothing in common. Freeze. Big V, what are you doing here? Hey, you know, man, keeping the streets safe, boys. One would do anything to get ahead. You're truly prepared to be despised within a department? Yes, sir, I am. One had his own brand of justice. How's it going to look in your report? It'll look like justice. That's what the man got. And one loved the spotlight. What exactly do you do on the show, Jack? I teach Brett Chase how to walk and talk like a cop. The Night Owl Massacre. This is a heinous crime that requires swift resolution. Six victims. One of them, one of our own. Interrogations will be led by Lieutenant Edmund Exley. I need some backup. Come on. All right, Collins boy, I'll help. Now. All of them are faced with solving one case. Don't move! I want confessions, Edmund. Oh, I'll break them, sir. These people are all in the morgue. And someone has to pay for it. There's something wrong with the night owl. I just can't prove it. They thought they had it all figured out. Anything bothering you about the night owl case? The fact that you guys won't let it get filed away. I didn't kill nobody! But what started as a murder... Can you talk only to me on this one? ...became a mystery that could cost them everything. Why was Susan Lefferts at the Night Owl? I don't know. I never heard of the Night Owl till today. How about some payback, big time? We need evidence. I'll get the evidence. It was an information exchange. Do you have any proof? The proof had his throat slit. What do you want, actually? I just want to solve this thing. Even if it means paying the consequences?
winner Kevin Spacey, Russell Crowe, Guy Pearce, James Cromwell, Kim Basinger, Danny DeVito. L.A. Confidential. Long film. Good film, but a long film. Any initial thoughts? I'm tired. <laughs> this was a late one for us. And this, this long movie didn't help on that. No. No, I liked it a lot. I, I don't know. It, it kept my attention through the whole thing, even though it's already almost 1 a.m. at the time that we're recording this. Um, yeah. Way better than Mystic River. Oh, yeah. Significantly better than a Mystic River. A lot better than Mystic River. And, well, and to speak on, like, it was long, but it did feel like something was happening every single minute of this movie. That was either, whether it was, like, action or... Um, just really intense dialogue or confrontational stuff. It definitely kept your attention for the entire two hours plus. My direct comparison for this movie was Chinatown. Like the yeah. whole movie, the whole time watching this movie, I was thinking, how does this compare to Chinatown? It was very, when was Chinatown made? Was that like the 70s? 70s, yeah. Yeah, so it was very, had a lot of similar aspects. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, overall, I really liked it. I liked the things initially that I liked, the amount of characters that there were that kind of intertwined with each other. Um, I actually did appreciate the mystery. I feel like the mystery wasn't, like, crazy um, surprising, but it was still really intriguing. Um, I don't know. I liked the action. I liked all the characters and their their either personal goals or personal um, what would you call it? Motivations. I liked all that. We might be speaking like kindergartners because our brains are so <laughs> melted, so we're not going to try and sound too smarty tonight. Um, yeah, no, I thought, I, I think I, I like what you said there about kind of the twists and turns and the mystery of it because it wasn't something where you had to take a bunch of different leaps you just kind of went with the story, and it, it was hard to figure out. Yeah, it was no, very I, hard to keep up with, and you really did have to keep your attention. You had to pay attention to all a lot of the small details, um, yeah, and all of the conversations that they had with each other. You had to recognize faces. You had to remember names because um, they all kind of, in different scenes, pieced together where the next clue lied. Um, and there was a couple of times where we would ask each other, mostly me, YouTube, but I was like, wait, what did you say? What was happening? But there's a couple times where your boy was on top of it. One time. There's a couple times your boy called it, too. One time. It was two. Two. It was two? Yeah. Hush, hush. Hush, hush, and then the final scene. What was it about hush, hush? There when was... you guys were all confused, when you guys were confused at why Guy Pierce was making out with the blonde chick, oh. and you guys were like, why is this happening? I was just like, hush, yeah, hush, baby. That, that, that did happen. Yeah, because yeah. right before it, he called Sid. Can we discuss how Guy Pierce's face is kind of weird? It's so chiseled. Hot dude. His teeth he's a good are like dude. popping out of his lips. You Hot know, dude. He's got like. He's a good looking dude. And I don't know what they're saying. I say glasses on, Guy Pierce. Well, definitely glasses on, but weird. Weird little, like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This what is an audio podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brain hurdy. But yeah, I think like like I mean you said it really well. The the twists and turns in this movie were nothing like crazy. They were nothing like I mean, jaw dropping like a movie I'd never seen before. When the moment you find out Dudley is the bad guy was pretty jaw dropping. Yes. Well the, the I note know, I read all three of us like, what the fuck? Very funny the, note the, I wrote the fact that Dudley was working with this Pierce guy and with Sid, I did not see all that coming, but I did not think that Dudley was a good guy. For like any of it, I wasn't too surprised. I didn't I think guess. he was the main villain when he. Here's the note. Yeah, I, have I didn't know down. if he was the main. Holy villain. shit! Farmer from Babe killed Kevin Spacey. That'll do, pig. Have you guys seen Babe? <laughs> no, it's the pig movie. Yeah, like the pig movie. Kinda, that's not who, Charlotte's that's Web. That's what Dudley's in. Yes. <laughs> That'll do, pig. That's That'll, well, do. That'll do, pig. That'll do. That's a He's pretty got good a note gorgeous right accent. Got to get that out of the way. Oh, yeah. Where's he from? Baller accent. It's like South Scott. Africa. What? 
Good lord, Scotland or Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, probably Ireland. How could that possibly be South Africa? <laughs> I don't know. That was my It was God. off English in some way. It definitely didn't and you scream think South Irish. African? It definitely didn't. I have would you never heard I was going to say British or South African. Yes. You have not. Have you I've... seen Blood Diamond? Good lord, he needs help. What's this guy's name? I'm looking it up right now. I swear to God, if he's from South Africa, I'm going to slap the both of you. <laughs> what the what? He was born in L.A. <laughs> That's Irish. crazy. I mean, he has an Irish accent. Oh, yeah. Big time. That's I crazy. I didn't get Irish. I got some sort of weird accent. And when I hear a kind of weird English accent, I go South Africa for sure. And he went to college in Pittsburgh. So he's as American as it gets. Well, what the fuck? That's a pretty massive Irish like immigrant. That's more of a surprise than this movie. The West Coast. <laughs> that is pretty surprising. That's crazy. Are his parents Irish? Um, couldn't tell you. Wikipedia doesn't go that deep. Anywho, I wasn't. I I was surprised. I'm not going to say like I knew what the ending was going to be, but I I'm not surprised that he was part of it the entire time. I was like, I could tell, and almost I I was thinking that he what he might be a part of some thing, but I didn't think he was going to be the boss man, the boss leader of this entire investigation. Um, so that was good, but he definitely didn't scream well or good morals or anything. Yeah, that's pretty surprising coming from you, seeing as you couldn't understand like 60 to 70% of the movie. And somehow you were where able that to... comes from. <laughs> that every five minutes, wait, what just happened? Wait, can you explain that? Uh, what? I have We're no just, idea like, where that questions. comes from. That was really mean, but <laughs> I, I do agree. I'm surprised that you're saying that you saw his turn coming. I didn't want, um, I want to say I saw it coming because I don't think there's anything that I saw coming, but I'm just not too surprised that he was part of the bad guys. That's, is that not saying the same thing? No. Yes. You hit me with a double <laughs> contra or whatever you said. I'm and pretty I'm pretty sure that's saying the same thing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what you said. You said like, Four double negatives in that. I just said one <laughs> negative. Anywho, I didn't see it coming. I didn't. I couldn't have called it, but I'm not too surprised because I didn't think he was a good guy. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I mean, follow. It's like kind of a cop out, but okay. I mean, I don't know what else you want him to say. Jacob, I see why he gets on your nerves sometimes because <laughs> he really just gets under skin. I mean, I'm not gonna say that I knew, but I pretty much okay, Mister Funny Guy over there. Anywho, that twist was insane. Both Jacob and I popped up and were like, what? The twist the where he fuck? shot, when he shot Jack, that was crazy. Yeah, that one, it was pretty much the only time you saw Dudley as the bad guy. I mean, he, well, he definitely wasn't a good guy, even from the beginning. Yeah, I mean, uh, like at the very beginning crazy. scene, at the, I mean, all the beginning like, scenes, they were just like, he kind of was treating the main character, Guy Pierce, as like a not a good cop because he couldn't pull the trigger when he needed to. And then when, he, when Guy Pierce was like trying to give his confession, he was just like, oh, I don't, he's like, this isn't going to be good for any of us, even though it was the right thing to do. He was the, so he was the one in the room initially when Guy Pierce said that he was going to testify. He was the one in the room that didn't like that idea and was like, you're making a huge mistake. Just let slide this under the rug, all that kind of stuff. So he definitely wasn't like, I mean, anywho, him shooting Jack, going back to our point, him shooting Jack was very surprising. It was a huge shock. Yeah, but, but I, I, he didn't I, scream. I, I, was I don't think it was, it wasn't like foreshadowed all that much until after you like know the end result because like, yeah. And the interrogation scene where he's talking to the three black guys, he's like, no, like this kid's good. Like he'll, like he'll get information out of these guys. And like, to me, that was saying like, oh, like this guy's actually like, Kind of on his side, like a lot of the things he said was signaling like trust these guys; they know what they're doing to yes. the main characters. And he was almost like a Papa Bear, Dumbledore figure, and like the police force who was kind of a philosophical, half political, half like okay, well, so get my knuckles you, bloody guy. And then he all of a sudden is the bad guy. I don't understand. No, okay. So I also saw it coming. It wasn't, it was a little bit of foreshadowing to me where he went up to Russell Crowe and he said, I want you on this unit and I want you to do with everything that I say, no questions asked, which I think is like verbatim what he said. And I was like, that's never good. 
that's never good from here from a boss that wants to put Except somebody. It's the police department in the 1950. This is crazy. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I mean, like yes, there was there a, was after seeing the end of the movie. Yes, that is an yes. obvious tell. When you, it's but hindsight. without without yeah. any of that. Yeah, I mean, you have I, no when idea. I saw that, Up I was just like, I don't like Jack, this guy. I don't you, think you could know. I don't think. There's I don't think I saw him as a big old puffy. Papa Bear to the police force. I wasn't like, oh, this is a great guy. He's looking out for everybody. He didn't say Teddy Bear. He said Papa Bear. Where he, like, he'll be angry when, and yeah. kind of do the dirty shit when you need to. I didn't see him as this big Papa Bear that was taken Tate's care bluff. of. I, I'm just calling Tate's bluff. <laughs> I'm just I saying. Okay. I'm just saying that I didn't like him for like the entire movie, and I did not see him as this big Papa Bear for the police force taking care of everyone. I think they did they did a really good job though of painting him as conflicting. Like I mean I I wasn't sold that he was the bad guy. I was sold that I didn't like him and I didn't think he was a great guy, but that doesn't mean that he was like I mean I was at the very beginning I thought that Russell Crowe was going to be a bad guy. So they did a really good job I think for this entire movie having That's these also characters. Crazy. That is insane. <laughs> what? I I thought that when Russell Crowe went and into that jail cell i thought he's gonna be like the good guy and go in there and stop his friend from doing that but then he also just starts beating the shit out of everybody and then i thought he was gonna gun it go go rogue and be the the um anakin to like darth the sith lord or whatever i thought he was gonna be the puppet for this is the way i saw it he tried to reel me in with the star wars reference and it just didn't work because no, that's, that's I think crazy that's a good that you don't think i thought russell crowe was gonna be dark as fuck and i thought he was gonna be the 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 bad guy for a lot of this and i thought that he was just going to be doing what dudley told him to do and dudley was going to be the puppet master um and it was kind of kind of be like a um the departed like that kind of a vibe whereas like somebody on the inside or whatever that was doing what his guy told him to do yeah anyway, see, so i thought russell crowe so was going to be bad any normal person would think the millionaire was the bad guy see i wasn't sold on him being the bad guy Oh, I definitely knew he was a. I mean, he was behind like, most. Of well, this. I knew he. Well, they a vice bad guy, but he wasn't the bad guy. They, but like you, the reason I knew Russell Crowe wasn't Crow, like the worst guy out of everybody. <laughs> how could you think Russell Crowe is going to be the bad? Especially guy? Because, because he kind of had a reason. The to. plot His that I read. Very first action in the entire movie is stopping a domestic violence assault. Yeah, and then he also beats the shit out of everybody, and he kills people when he because doesn't need he, to. His number one value is loyalty. And mm. so here, here's why I knew that he wasn't going to be the bad guy because the description of the movie: three policemen, one straight laced, one brutal, and one sleazy, investigate a series of murders with their own brand of justice. What was it? One straight laced, one brutal, one sleazy. Brutal is Russell and sleazy Crow. was Jack. Yeah. 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 So like, I knew that the three of them would eventually team up. And yeah. like, kind of solve this murder together, and all like, kind of be the heroes. Think, I think that movie description. I didn't be like, believe this guy's not going to be the bad guy. Yeah. No, and I, well, I, I, I don't. For a while, I thought that Russell Crowe was going to play the part of the bad guy, not necessarily be the bad guy, because I thought that he was good. Like, I mean, I, I wrote the note down that, um, him and the main character. What it was the main character? Dudley? No, Edmund. Ed. Edmund. Ed. Ed. He like those two were the two good characters in the film and they had the best intentions. They went about their work in different ways, but they were both the good guys of the film. And I wrote that note down well before they even teamed up together. Um, but I just thought that they I was saying the point that I thought that they started to paint the picture early on, like really early on, that it could go anyway. Like I wasn't I wasn't totally sold on any character and where they were going to be at the end. But I kind of had my hunches. I was wrong about Russell Crowe, but I was right about Dudley. I don't understand, but that's all right. I don't have to. <laughs> it's big brain stuff. <laughs> Let's see the other notes that I wrote. Oh, well, going on to their characters, I talked about their interaction about the definition of justice, and that was kind of like their whole thing when he was just like, he got justice. And then Guy Pierce was like, well, what does, what, what does justice mean to you? And they had that whole interaction. And then they even brought up that question a couple times in the movie where they said, well, what's justice? Um, so I thought, and that goes into like their characters having different opinions on what justice is and how they go about it and how they get it. 
And I don't know if, I think that's like where the discussion is of like right and wrong and stuff like that. But I thought those, so I thought their two characters were really, really cool for this film. Which really well done. Spacey and... No, not Spacey. I like Spacey's character a lot, but Russell Crowe and Guy Pierce, their two characters were very in line, but very different. And I think they did a really good job of that. Yeah, I thought the coolest line in the movie was weirdly from Dudley when he was inter- interrogating that one guy and he was like, That'll do, pig. That'll do. You listen up here, laddie. This is a city of angels and you don't have wings. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was a good a line. fucking sick line. I was like, When he was talking to Sid? No, it was earlier. It was early, like when he first brought on Russell Crowe. Oh. And he, he was doing the interrogation, and he said that. I was like, that's a fucking sick quote. That there are a lot of pretty good quotes in this. Yeah. I, probably the most interesting part about the characters was the role, like the personality role, I guess, of the main three characters of Smarts, Braun, and Flash, Charisma. <laughs> yeah. I don't know suave, what you call it. Suave. suave. Yeah. It was a good, because. Swa or uh, Smart and Braun were kind of equal, but well, and they kind of picked up on each other's qualities. Yeah. Like Guy Pierce started out as just this purely smart guy, analytical guy, and they were like, "Oh, you don't have what it takes to be tough when you need to." And he got tough, and he yeah. got tough. Uh-huh. And then Russell Crowe was just the bruiser. And then when he was doubting himself for not being smart enough, and the girl told him that he was, and he was kind of like, "All right, well, yeah, I, I, I can figure this out." And he went and. Pretty much figured the other half of this. Yeah, and the suave guy was seemingly two-dimensional, but he was always three-dimensional. And he, the one time he stepped out of his character, he got killed for it. Yeah, that was, like, that was, I think that's actually interesting, is the one time that he started to, seemed like he started to have a care that wasn't, like, for himself. It wasn't for his TV show or his yeah, image I, I, in the newspaper. I did write down that. I was This is like halfway through the movie. I was like, there's a few mysteries going on right now. One of them was the LaFleur or whatever. the Fleur de Lis. Fleur de Lis. Um, like they didn't know it, what that was. The other mystery was um, when they were kind of questioning who actually killed at the Night Watch. What is it called? Night Owl. Night Owl. Yeah. Um, because they were like, we don't think it was this, these three black men. So that was, that was the other mystery. And the other mystery was... Jack, I, which I wrote this down, was Jack's endgame because it was kind of clear from pretty much the beginning, like they show it about why both of these two characters, the Russell Crowe and Guy Pierce, cared about being a cop and what they like, what they wanted to do, what their endgame was. But Jack's, and like I think they asked Jack, and he was just like, I don't know. He's like, I honestly don't have he any. Forgot. He said he forgot. Yeah, like he he doesn't remember why. Anywho, I think the other thing that was unclear and I thought was going to be a mystery part of this was that I thought Jack was going to have this whole secret life that was going to be a hidden agenda um, and reasons like he wasn't sharing them with anybody, but he was going to have this like whole side story background that was going to explain why he does what he does. Um, So I thought it was interesting that they just kind of show him care a little bit and then he gets shot because he dug too deep. But I thought that the I kind of wanted them to dig deeper into the Flor de Luz, Flor de Lis whole thing. But that seemed like it wasn't really part of the issue at all. Like this whole prostitution ring that he was running. That's crazy. That was like a whole big part of that. That was thing. literally the name of the prostitution ring. No, yeah, I know. But why did, but it didn't, that wasn't the, like the prostitution ring didn't seem like a big problem to anybody. I think it was like, I thought that that like was going to be part of their the cover big, for the heroin running. But did they say though? I I didn't think that they were, I didn't think that Florida least had any connection to anything that they were doing with heroin or drug or like or crime control or anything. I thought that the Florida lease was just I thought that the Florida lease was going to be the big thing that they uncover, but I thought that that was just no, the prostitution I, ring. I think it was just the entry point to bring Jack into the mix because they each individually had an entry point into the big mystery and Jack's was the fluid release card and recognizing the fluid release in the information of the case of the night owl murder. So yeah. all three of them, but that didn't even really, that's not even really murder. what brought him in. What the fluid release. 
that's not even really what brought him in, like to get involved in the case. Really, into the end game, yeah, it was. No, because I thought it was Fleur this whole. The lease was like his big question of how is this connected? Yeah, and I thought that he was like, how is this connected? And then it felt like he kind of dropped it off because he just got because interested he found in out other that things. It was connected to the millionaire that happened to be connected to this other like realm. Yeah, so I guess I I thought that his entry point was through the millionaire. So, yeah, White's entry point was through the millionaire, and Ed's entry point was through the Night Owl murder, and but they all intertwined because White was also the partner of the cop that died of the Night Owl murder that brought him into the Night Owl murder, and in the information packet for the Night Owl murder, they had the Florida de Lise logo, which was the entry point for Jack. Okay, and so if it's the entry point, then I think that's fine. But I guess I just thought that early on, I thought that that was going to be something more. Well, it's just like three different puzzle pieces of the picture that kind of perfectly fit and all three of them saw it together and they said holy shit i think we're on something well i don't think the and other that led to two or three un- saw well they didn't know floor de lease they knew the prostitution ring but they didn't even care about it like everybody seemed to know about the prostitution ring and nobody cared about it because they were like whatever you have these like high-end whores that you're sending off and that's fine we're focused on this other thing so i thought that the floor de lease was going to be a big like dig and a big solve and a big find about something deeper but it really was just the prostitution ring that nobody seemed to have a problem with well it connected the millionaire to the da yep that's true too was the so was the da da was the guy that was banging the boys banging the the dude yeah that has but was that part of the florida lease did they ever say that yes because was? he was part of the florida lease the guy the, that got the kid throat yeah slit. yeah oh and that's see, I, how jack found out about the Florida lease was because he busted him for marijuana. Oh, I do remember that conversation now. Because yeah. he was just like, oh, yeah. He's like, I'm scared of Pierce. And he was explaining why. Okay, so that was part of the Florida lease. So that makes more sense that, that yeah, that, that was just the connection. But I, I guess I still thought that that was going to be, like, a much bigger deal. But it was kind of weird to me. I don't know. That was just a, a mystery that I had early on in the film. I was always like, what's this Florida lease and what what would it be? And then it basically was exactly what we thought it was and what exactly what they said it was, which is just the prostitution ring. So that wasn't the mystery. My big mystery was Rodolini Tortellini or whatever his name was. <laughs> oh, I don't know it now that you said that. It was Rolo something. Yeah, Count, Count Rolo. Rolo. <laughs> like Rolo oh, Martelli man. or something. Yeah. yeah, I just will not come up with that. But name. that name came up in the interrogations with the black guys. And I don't, because I don't remember that. It came out of the last, the third, the third guy that got interrogated, because it went from the guy that was supposed to be the leader to the guy that peed his pants, peed his pants, and then it ended with a third guy, and the third guy said it, and then that made White question like, "What is this name?" So that name, like somehow, and it also made Ed go, "What the fuck did you just say?" So I'm like. And when I mentioned it later in the movie, you guys didn't remember it. And I was like, maybe I'm tripping. I do think you're tripping a little bit. I do too. I don't think it was the same name. I I, I don't know what it was for sure, but. I thought that when he went in to the. Because I, I thought that was just a location. Yeah. I thought he was just saying a he location. Just, no, he asked where who your dealer was. was. He said, who's your dealer? And he said, oh, fuck. Roland Tortellini, whatever his last name was. <laughs> Tortellini. <laughs> it was Roland was the first name. And then Ed was like. Okay, but that's not the out. that's not the name he said though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it no, is the, the name, the name that uh, Ed said was Rolo something. Roland. No, no, it was Rolo. Rolo. I think I it was like Rolo Martelli or something. Yeah. All right, we did a quick hiatus. After further review, <laughs> the ruling on the field is overturned. <laughs> or stands. Overturned. I was right again. Yeah, I was wrong. I don't know if it stands or it's overturned, but. It is confusing that they were if Roland and Rolo. Yes. If there would have been a connection from what he said to later. It would have ruined this whole movie. I would have had no idea. Alone. That's why my brain was hurting. Because I was like, how does this have to do with a drug dealer? Yes, and it doesn't. It doesn't. Thank goodness. Because that does. That's poor writing. Should not so be the first time. Such, <laughs> such similar names for bad guys. The first time. It only got you. The when first they said time, Rolo Tomasi, I was like, drug dealer? What? Well, the first time they say it, the yeah, the the first time Kevin Spacey hears Rolo Tomasi or whatever the last name is, yeah, 
is when Guy Pierce says it to him in the office. Yeah. And before that, the audience has also never heard it. Because Spacey's reaction to it wasn't, oh, the drug dealer place. It was, am I supposed to guess what that means? That's fair. Didn't put that together. I just Phew. heard the roll, and I was like, Whoa. Man, I'm, I'm glad we looked under the... Yeah. Under the hood, because I'd have had to make too. that argument against you, and you'd have been like, "No, I don't believe you," <laughs> and it would have been another Jacob gets really angry. At I wasn't you sure moment. because we talked about it before recording and immediately after watching the movie, and I was like, "What'd you guys think about that role and being Rolo being the drug dealer?" And you guys were like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, maybe I'm wrong." That the is- the whole role. No, I'm gonna say Roland. What was it? Rolls? Rolo. Rolo. Like the candy. <laughs> I know. Now I'm getting all messed up, though. Um, I did like the whole Rolo Tomasi um, analogy and like how at the very end, how it came back around to where he's like, ah, you are Rolo Tomasi. That was, I mean. And he was just like, what the fuck? He's like, who are you talking about? And he was just like, you're the one who always gets away with it. So I did like the way they that they. Get away with it. I mean, it was thinks. very like. I like the way they wrapped that around. Suave men. Very suave to. Say the name, as that only like, one person would know what you're talking about. But and also in a way where the guy who killed you thinks that you're trying to give them a hint of like, and it ends up being the death of them. See that kind of clutch was good writing. That's pretty suave. That's good writing. It is good writing. Yeah. Overall, I think like talking about um, other aspects of this, like score, I I couldn't even tell you. Was there a score? Single nominated song. for Oscar. Did it, well, it was nominated for a score. Did it have a score? What do you mean all movies have scores? What a silly question. Jerry Goldsmith did it. I just don't remember. I mean, there's I, a lot I of, yeah. Tell you. I don't know. There's no, like, music. See, but there's like, a lot of intense, there's a lot of intense music at a lot of the scenes. I do remember that. Music in my brain had much more effect for me on Chinatown than it did this movie. This movie, couldn't tell you a single song that had any effect on it. But the uh, writing, though, really well done. Um, and I one did, best or one best writing for adapted. Yeah. Okay. Cause I did read that. Um, they, it was based off of the book, but they didn't take the plot from the book at all. They, they took the characters is what I read. Um, but not the plot. So just going to give it a 70. Now, whoever wrote the screenplay <laughs> for mystic river, take some fucking notes. Hey, because this is some hey, dialogue, baby. Hey, hey, this is hey some good that's dialogue. Clint Eastwood you're talking about, bitch. Yeah, well, he did a bad job mm. of Mystic River. Whoever did this, this is good crime dialogue. Yeah, so it's like Curtis Hansen, who was the director, um, had read half a dozen of the author's books. Um, and I think I read that they were like not called exactly L.A. Confidential, but they're one of them oh, was. L.A. Court, Quartet Series. So yes. maybe, yeah, one of them was called. One of them was called. By James Elroy. Yeah, they were all by Elroy. It was a yeah, I guess it was a series of this of this type of movie, but in a series of books. So he it says that um, he read half a dozen of them. I um, mean, he was really drawn to the characters, not the plot. He said what hooked me on them was that as I met them one after another, I didn't like them, but I continued reading and started to care about them, which is kind of how I felt about actually a lot That's of the characters. Exactly how I cared. About yeah, I mean, like, I didn't care about Russell Crowe that much because I thought I wasn't convinced he's a good guy, but later I liked him a lot, and I actually really cared for him. That was the same, actually, with Guy Pierce. Like, I actually thought Guy Pierce was going to be an annoying little little man's the entire time, but I started to care for him and respect him. I don't know. I get that. If this movie was written by the guy that wrote Mystic River, when the first murder happened, Guy Pierce would have gone, you know, this murder brings me back to when my father died. How this got me into wanting to be a cop and investigating murders, and here I am. Now I'm a cop, and I'm trying to become a detective. The last note I have, or the first note I have, one my one of two notes is, holy shit, Danny DeVito's short. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's like he's four, four ten. ten. Yeah, four um, Kevin Spacey looked like he was six five next to him. He's five ten. Yeah. Um, but then I also had my mind blown. Because I didn't know that Danny DeVito, which neither of you are going to get this, but our couple Boston listeners, shout out Brian, he's married to Carla from Cheers. I did know that he was married to another actress, but I didn't know what she's in. So, Yeah, Rhea Perlman. Yeah, Danny DeVito, speaking of, he's my favorite. And I'm so glad he was in this movie. And he was great. Yeah. As the little hush-hush man. He does a good job. Narrating. Besides, always sunny 
think I've only seen him in this in Romance of the Stone. And he did a very good job of playing his role in both of those movies. He's great. Yeah, I he did. Is, he's great. I did read that. Um, it said the title, LA Confidential, refers to the 1950s scandal magazine called Confidential, portrayed in the film as Hush Hush. Um, and also, Hush Hush, he, Danny Vito sounded very like XOXO gossip girl every time he. I made that comment during the movie, but he was like kind of in. Oh, I mean, the very beginning, he's like giving the whole voiceover of. Ooh, there's stuff happening. There's stuff happening. No, we'll wait to see and find out what it is. Hush, hush. And he had his little. It reminded me so much of Gossip Girl. Never seen Gossip Girl. Watched like <laughs> several episodes. It was like Kate pressured me too. Exactly. I quit very hey, quickly. Don't forget about Danny DeVito's best role of Philatides from Hercules, the guy that trains Hercules. Oh, in yeah, the yeah, Disney yeah. one, the little half goat man. Such a great movie. He's so I can't good. wait to pick that movie. <laughs> this is I kind of interesting, which this, this will go into another comment that I have, is that at the time, Guy Pearce and Russell Crowe were, rel- were relatively unknown in North America. Um, a, a couple of the guys were behind the film were um, worried about the lack of stars in this film. <laughs> Little did they know. It's <laughs> very funny. Um, and so they had to recruit Kevin Spacey, Kim Basinger, um, and Danny DeVito. So, Well, and the guy who played the millionaire is a low-key in like a lot of movies. He's a that guy. He's a, a that guy? Yeah. Like, like, who, what, what oh, that reckon? guy. Who's yeah, that, that guy? guy? Yeah. Like he's in Lincoln. He's in... Good um, Night and Good Luck. Oh, he's in Godzilla. I forgot about him in Godzilla. The most recent one? Blacklist. Not Godzilla uh, vs. Kong, show Blacklist. the Gareth Edwards one from 2014. Um, yeah. Kim Bassinger, man. Bassinger? Bassinger? Babe. Who was that? <laughs> Kim. That was My the, girl, Kim. That was the blonde. Lynn. Oh, Look-alike, Lynn. Lynn. Wood. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking yeah. of where people are from, where's Russell Crowe from? Oh, God, I know. Well, isn't he? I thought he was Australian. Yeah. Is that was the question? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were asking like what big movie he was from. No. What? No, yeah. Super Everyone knows Man that. of Steel, obviously. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, but lame is. This goes into one of my comments, which is the acting in this movie was incredible. I thought the acting was like Russell Crowe, I think, surprised me the most. I think I was most impressed by him. I don't know if I've ever seen anything else that Guy Pierce is in. I don't his face didn't look familiar. I don't think I have. Um, Memento. Oh, oh shit! He's shit. Memento. I've never seen Memento. Man. No spoilers. Wow. He is Memento, man. He is Memento. Wow. Don't spoil it. Okay, so I have seen that, but wow, he looks—he looks way different. different. Memento, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's so different. He looks like a fucking meth head. Yeah, that's crazy. To this. Um, but anywho, the acting I thought in general across the board, Kevin Spacey always does a good job. Russell Crowe really impressed me in this. Guy Pierce I thought was really good. Danny you know, DeVito's also great. Russell Crowe gets a lot of hate, but. I feel like a majority of movies I've seen him in, he's done a better job than he's done a bad job. I just this, never Gladiator, like Gladiator, Nice Guys. Yeah, the I problem never pin is, him as this like high quality actor guy. Well, I feel like he cared until he became like a megastar, and then he just didn't give a shit, and then he just fell off the map, and he just was in roles because his name was Russell Crowe, and he didn't care. I actually don't know if I've seen that many movies of him. I mean, Gladiator was like peak. Gladiator is great. And then everything since Gladiator has been downhill Russell Crowe. And I don't think he's given two shits. Yeah, I don't really know about his movies and what he cares. Um, Kim Basinger, though, also really good. Yeah, I don't know. Across the board, I thought the acting was really good. Yep. I did see that. Um, so I guess this is kind of getting into like other big picture stuff. Is Its budget was $35 million, which sounds like a lot for... In the '90s, but I'm not really sure. Gross, though, 100 or box office was 126 million. It says that it was nominated for nine Academy Awards, including Best Picture, and it won two. It won Best Supporting Actress for Kim Basinger and Best Adapted Screenplay, which you said earlier. And it says that Titanic won in every other category that LA Confidential was nominated for, which is. Kind of crazy. I'm so scared to see Titanic and Beast just so underwhelmed. 
Titanic's good, but it's not like I like this way more than I like Titanic. That's what I hear about Titanic all the time. It's fine. It's yeah, a good movie. Example of the Academy Awards. I kind of just have one debatable point. Could get heated, but three dudes in the movie. Who's three, who? Three dudes in the room. Oh. Who's who's who? Hmm. Who's who's suave? Who's brains and who's brawn? Dibs on not Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I figured Jacob and I were gonna immediately agree that. Tate Suave, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're Kevin I, Spacey. Kevin yeah, Spacey was Kevin Spacey. my favorite character in this movie, so <laughs> I will take that. <laughs> 10 out of 10. He looked, he was a yeah, fucking baller. That seemed baller. like a shoe-in. <laughs> yeah, I'll definitely the, the, take that. The toss-up seemed like my, it was My thing is, not Kevin who's, Spacey. who's the bruiser? Yeah. Because I don't really, I don't really picture either of you as much of a bruiser. <laughs> Who gets really angry, angry really easily? Well, about, this guy like, over every here. every little thing. Like, yeah. yeah, this guy. Obviously, yeah. yeah. I figured I was Russell Crowe. He might snap, yeah. 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 Which makes you brainy, guy. You're brains, man. Uh, this thing For would never see time. air. No, this thing, this podcast would never see air if I wasn't the brains of the operation. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm Guy Pierce, chiseled jaw. The listeners and everything. wouldn't be entertained. Glasses, everything. By my temper. Glasses, yeah, that matches. Also, so last thing before we get into like scores or anything is. I'm not sure I loved the ending. The ending is the only thing that kind of I liked. I here, so I guess here's here's where I'll go from that. I really like it had very departed vibes where a lot of people got shot in the last thirty minutes of it, and a lot of people died. Um, and I was just like, and they're just dropping like flies, and I was like, oh, I kind of like this. And I actually thought, well, I mean, I think we all thought that Russell Crowe was dead, dead. Um, so I love that he's alive. I mean, I was fine with him being alive. I like that he's alive, but I don't understand. Alive. Yeah, so that's I, I, happy twist. endings. Yeah, see, Hollywood that's was where okay with giving us a happy ending back in the nineties. Yeah, like yeah. I thought that for sure he got shot enough to be like dead, and he got shot in like the face, and I was like, okay, he's, no, he he's got dead. shot in the cheek. Yeah, the, through the face. After he got <laughs> shot twice in the chest. Yes. Now those two are ones where you're like, those eh. are the questionable ones. Yes. Like the yeah. cheek one, you could explain, but the first two. That's hard to Any, explain. Anywho, so like I thought he was dead, dead, and I was okay with it. I'm happy he was alive in the end, but I was I'm a little suspicious now at the too much of a happy ending type of vibe. The part that I was more suspicious about was I did not understand how they twisted that Dudley got pictured as the hero of like the whole. I think it was because like the LAPD would just completely collapse. Collapse. Was... Yeah. Yeah. That was confusing at the end, because what's his face? Smart brainiac, man. Ed was like... Was like, this is the, the only way that you can do this, is make him the hero. Oh, actually, that does... You know, you portray him as the hero and make Ed, like, the resumpting... Like the new face of LAPD. And... Yeah. Like, he's going to be the new face. So it's kind of like a win-win? Yeah. Like, you don't collapse, and I take... Actually, okay. And I think that's why he shot him at the end because he knew that he would never face justice if he didn't. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. He I, knew, I am he very knew glad better he than him. to let Dudley talk everyone into things. Yeah. It, I'm it was very, very glad in the end that he, because I was like, I, when he was walking away, I was just like, oh, yeah, he's just going to, like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'd, I'd shoot him in the leg or shoot him, like, no, but I'd still keep him alive. And then when he shot him, I was like, whoa. But I kind of liked it. Well, and there was, that a, was a quote good. earlier on where Dudley said, like, He's very politically savvy, almost as, or maybe more politically savvy than me. And when he said, like, show your badge to prove that you're a cop, and then he shot him and they showed his badge, I was like, that kind of was a foreshadowing to that moment in the movie. So, and I also actually, thought, yeah, I do like the ending now. It, it, it's one of the, it's one of those like guilty likes though, because I feel like I shouldn't because Russell Crowe shouldn't be alive. But you know, I'll accept it. I it's so I thought way better than Mystic River. <laughs> I thought that Russell Crowe was dead, and when the blonde girl Lynn showed up and they were walking out together, I was like, I was. That's when I was really gonna hate it. I was yep, just like, I was in the same boat. I, was, I thought that she and him were gonna be together, and I was just like, what the what fuck? fucking bullshit? I was yeah. like, what the you slept with when this guy like, one time to get him into fucking propaganda? And then trouble. when they found out that Russell Crowe's alive and she was just going then, in to see him, I was like, okay, that's fine. Yes. So the ending wasn't my favorite, but it they it could have been a lot worse. So ah, I don't know. Overall, yeah. though, loved the movie. I think I'm in the same boat. Holy crap! 
All right, from the aggregators, 8.2 on IMDb, 99% from Rotten Tomatoes, what? and what? a 90% from Metacritic. Hot damn. That's crazy. That's what we call a safe bet. That's some when of the highest scores we've seen from <laughs> those scores. IMDb got in the eights. Look at them branching out. Okay, I can give my score first. Um, I'm giving this one a 93. Um, I did like it more than Mystic River. A whole three points more. I. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure I gave Chinatown a 92 out of 100. And this is just below Chinatown for me. I think Chinatown nudged it out because it would I think it pulled off the noir better, just slightly better. And I think it came down to the ending and the music. Chinatown was like a ninety two, I think. Can't remember. We'll find out about that later. So this is a ninety out of a hundred for me. Just a solid four and a half out of five stars. Maybe a ninety one if I'm generous. This is the one where I'm like I'm stuck between my ninety and ninety five dilemma. Who made this system, you know? You! <laughs> um, but I, yeah, gave Chinatown a 90. It's kind of in the same boat as style movie, but I liked this one more. It's hard to go in 95, but I'm going to go with it because I really fucking like this movie. So 95 from your boy. And that's going to be an average score of 92.6, so a 93. I don't, didn't really have to do the math on that one. That was pretty easy to figure out. Um, that's going to do it for today. If you have thoughts or questions, you can shoot us an email at gd4ampodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at gd4gd.movies. We're also on Twitter at gd4gd underscore movies, and we would love for you to leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you listen on, especially Apple Podcasts. Just make sure they're all five stars. And if you don't, I'm going to grab you by the balls and... I don't know. Squeeze real hard. Yeah, whatever he did. That <laughs> Give really him a nice disturbing. squeeze and twist. Yeah, that was disturbing. <laughs> that was a tough scene to watch. All right, we'll catch you next week at the movies. When you come to the end of the line with a buddy who is more than a brother and a little less than a wife, getting blind drunk together is really the only way to say farewell. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.